This is the Journey Podcast. We highlight the journeys of our guests, where they've been, where they are now, and where they are going. Let's join them on their journey. Well, welcome to the Journey Podcast. Today we are joined by Tyler Foley, and he is the owner and principal consultant of Total Buy-In. He's an author, keynote speaker, um, but he's also an engineer uh, specializing in data evaluation interpretation uh, using a couple of interesting methods that I'm going to let Tyler explain to us today. I think he comes with some really interesting perspective and I'm excited to have him on here. Thanks for joining us today, Tyler. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here, Nate. And uh, to be fair, I gave up my pinky ring a while ago. So I, I am a former, I'm, what would it be? A, uh, a reformed engineer. <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't stamp drawings anymore. Nothing against engineers. They're, we, they're very important people to have around. So tell us a little bit about what you do and the company that you have. Well, currently right now, I am primarily a public speaker. I do a lot of keynote presentations on safety. Uh, I did for a while present talks on geomatics and so civil engineering, civil earthworks um, and the data interpretation from that. I used to give a lot of lunch and learns and training sessions and keynote presentations on uh, the data collection that we were doing. Um specializing in mobile data collection too. So a lot of uh, mobile LIDAR work integrated with uh, photography. So we would be making ortho photos and uh, 3D models of various terrain. Uh, So that was fun. But uh, that kind of pivoted uh, oddly into safety. Um, I do a lot of safety consulting now, uh, particularly around uh, construction and um, a little bit uh, with oil and gas, some engineering firms. Um, uh, I evaluate their health and safety management systems and, again, provide training to support them in, in what they're doing. And, and that is uh, most of what Total Buy-In does right now, either a training com- uh, component or an auditing and uh, facilitation of health and safety management systems. So safety is a funny word. I think it means different things to different people. Um, so when you say you help consult on safety and safety plans, what does that mean? Uh, primarily uh, government regulation. So um, occupational health and safety as it applies to legislative requirements and then auditing anybody's health and safety management system that they put together to ensure that they are compliant with their own expectations. So a company will set forth some form of plan when it comes to what they interpret as safety. And my job is to come through and figure out what it is that the company said they wanted to do in regards to safety and if they're actually doing those things that they said they were going to do and then come up with a a metric and a score to evaluate um, how well they are achieving the goals when it comes to their safety commitments so you're an engineer by training or by degree Mm -hmm. am i correct in that that is correct yeah so how does one become a keynote speaker after that training by being the loudest engineer in the room (laughs) that's pretty hard but usually they're pretty loud (laughs) yeah 
Um, I actually started in um, theater when I was six years old. Oh, okay. I was a child actor growing up, um, got into film and television in my late teens, uh, did performance for uh, easily two decades as part of uh, just who I was and what I was doing. And when I retired from acting, I went back to school to get my engineering discipline, uh, again, focusing on geomatics and specializing in, um, in civil earthworks uh, specifically. Um, I, I'd actually done uh, specialized in orthophotos uh, to be specific. So originally we were doing aerial based uh, orthophotography and then um, I moved into mobile ground-based and interior mapping actually which was really cool to be able to go inside of buildings and do 3d geopositioned um dems lidar capture uh 3d models used in bim uh, and then photorealistic 3d models as well with the with the video and and photo capture so that was uh that kind of became my passion and again, being the person who was, because of my previous vocation in acting and performance, a little bit boisterous, a little bit outspoken, a little bit charismatic, um, and not afraid to communicate some of the ideas and have the ability to, to translate from um, uh, technical talk into very plain layman's terms uh, and back and forth to be kind of able to facilitate those conversations uh, between various stakeholders and, and invested parties really became uh, a skill set that I leaned heavily on. And that led me into this, this new career of public speaking, which has been uh, fantastic, actually. It's been really fun to be able to um, use all of my skill sets as opposed to one or two in any given day. I'm... Uh appreciate you sharing that um there's maybe a little bit direction different direction i'd like to go um there's a story i read about you because a little bit of more information about you out there on the internet than the maybe the typical guest we have on here i think you mm -hmm. may be the first guest we have that has an imdb profile on the <laughs> journey podcast um yes. so we, we could talk about your acting career if you want to um but you had something happen in your teen years. Would you be willing to share a little bit about that? And seems like that's an interesting journey to becoming a public speaker. Yeah. So when I was 17, um, New Year's Day, 1997, I actually woke up after, you know, a night out where I was the DD. Uh, so there was, it was just me. Uh, doing its own thing within my body. I woke up and the left side of my body was paralyzed, um, which was a really, really um, bizarre experience, to be perfectly honest. I remember waking up and uh, thinking I just slept funny. You know, if you've ever fallen asleep on your arm and it like goes numb and 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 before the pins and needles come back, before that blood comes in, when it's just rubbery and you actually can't feel your extremities you know they're there and there's physical motion to it but you can't you can't actually feel it and then the, the nerves fire and it gets all like hot um, just before those nerves fire when it's when it's numb 
the whole left side of my body felt like that. More specifically, my um, my arm and my leg felt like that. And I remember trying to walk up the stairs and and being able to have some kind of locomotion, but I was I had this weird preambulation where I would like have to like kind of like get momentum going to my body to sling it around and, and move the left side up. And I remember brushing my teeth and um, looking in the mirror after feeling like this, this drop, I had toothpaste that was pooling on my chest and kind of running over. And when it reached the right side of my chest, I could feel it. And I looked down and I looked in the mirror and I had toothpaste all over me. It was just drooling. I couldn't keep it in my mouth because I couldn't shut my mouth and I being really um, disorienting. Like I couldn't figure out what was going on. And my mom actually was uh, preparing breakfast in the kitchen and the bathroom was just off of it. And she looked at me, she goes, are you drunk? I was like, no, mom, I, I was the DD last night. I didn't drink. And she's like, no, come on, Tyler, you can be honest with me. Have you been drinking? Are you drunk? I'm like, no, she goes, are you high? <laughs> I was like, no, mom, I don't do drugs. She's like, you can tell me, Tyler. You can tell me anything. Uh, what's wrong? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong. And that's when she became really concerned. She could tell. I got really frightened by the look in her eyes. Before, it was just kind of like a fog in a daze. But my mom had this look of terror. And that's when I started to feel panic myself. And we, we went to the hospital and had a whole bunch of tests run. To this day, we have no idea what it was, if it was... Mm -hmm. uh, palsy of some kind or a stroke or a mini stroke or or what really i've i've had a lot of people hypothesize over the years when i tell the story about what it could be um but i have no no idea what caused it uh, all i know is that it took almost a year of arduous um physical therapy uh, a lot of chiropractic, massage, acupuncture, laser acupuncture, Western medicine, Eastern medicine, whatever I could throw at my body, I did for a, a good year before I could get the function back to close to 100%. I'm still not 100% to this day. I notice little things, uh, particularly when I get tired. Um, I start to talk out of one side of my mouth. Um my eye starts to twitch if I get uh, really fatigued. But beyond that, you know, most of the function has come back. Um, so I'm, I'm quite happy that way. But it was, it was a long ordeal, particularly at, you know, 17. I was a senior in high school. Um, you know, my graduating year, I was in a, a play, a musical, actually, that I had to withdraw from because... Uh, I, I couldn't sing and dance when my body didn't work. Uh, there were a lot of things um, that went wrong with that. But the, the nice thing is there were a lot of things that went well, too. I mean, I had great support from friends and family. I had a wonderful medical team uh, led by Dr. Bob and Joanne Corbett, who did a phenomenal job of helping me with my recovery and my recuperation. So I, you know, I had some, some really good blessings that came out of it too. It was a chance to reevaluate what my priorities were because I'd become really complacent with acting at the time. And it, it really solidified my want to get back into it. It became like a, a driving force, particularly with my re rehabilitation to, um, 
to get back to being able to be on set. Uh, because when it, you don't know what you have until it's taken away. Mm. And when I had to withdraw from everything performance related, it was a huge void in my life, particularly because I was going to a fine arts high school and, um, I wanted it. I wanted it back. It, it gave me a little bit of hunger again. So did this cause you any challenges in being able to communicate this stroke or for lack of a better term, did that cause any issues with communication? Uh, initially, yeah, because um, my speech was really impaired. Um, it, it was really hard to... Um, it's hard to eat, sleep, and laugh. Um, eating was difficult because I couldn't keep food in my mouth. Uh, laughing was awful because I'd go, <laughs> and even when I'd talk, I would talk kind of, um, I was very impeded because I couldn't make half of my mouth work. And, um, and sleeping was damn near impossible. I actually had to sleep with an eye patch for the first three months because I couldn't close my eye. Wow. And so, you know, and I slept in a dark room, a really, really dark room, actually. Um, growing up in theater, uh, black box is very comforting to me. So when I was like 12 or 13 years old, I moved down into uh, into one of our basement rooms and it was actually concrete on all four sides and I painted it black. So I was in a, a dark black hole and I still couldn't sleep because just a little bit of light that would come through the window was enough to like keep you awake. So I had to sleep with an eye patch for the first three months until I could get my eye to a point where it would close. So but yeah, com communicating was hard. Um, talking was hard. And, and you just described that it, it made you want acting more. And now, you know, you're into a career of speaking and consulting. How are those two lines of work connected for you? Well, um, both directly and indirectly. So a lot of my, Consulting comes from me presenting on stage and companies reaching out to me. So speaking is kind of one of my primary um, methods of client acquisition. Okay. Uh, but then when I am consulting, a lot of what I'm doing is speaking with uh, various stakeholders within an organization and uh, helping facilitate communication within departments, uh, communicating findings to the stakeholders uh, interviewing and discussing things with various employees. So a lot of my job is speaking with and to people. And um, whether that's, you know, me on stage communicating to a large and diverse audience, or that's me in a boardroom commuting to communicating with very specific individuals. Um, most of my job is talking a lot of my job. So have you acted since 17? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I moved out. It's funny because um, one of the hidden benefits of the medical incident that I had was that I had to actually, it was physically hard for me to go to locations uh, like school because it was hard to walk until I really regained it. And at that time, my school was um, an entire town away from where I was living. So it was about a 15 minute drive on a highway. And I drove a 1984 Honda Accord, a standard. 
and uh, you can't clutch if your left foot doesn't work. Right. And so going to school was difficult, but it was also at the advent of internet technology and distance learning becoming available on the internet. And so I was actually able to complete my course study remotely using distance learning and uh, internet study. And so I had actually gone to Vancouver prior to me graduating. So I grew up in Calgary, Alberta, and Vancouver, British Columbia is kind of Canada's hub for film and television at Hollywood North. And so I was actually able to go to Vancouver. There was a specialist out there that I was seeing and uh, get an agent and start performing before my recovery was actually done, before I even graduated. Um, and so that was that was interesting to be able to um, finish school. It was actually uh, a remarkable introduction to just what can be done remotely anyway for me and that it's possible to do more than one thing. Like you don't have to just do this one thing. You can, you know, there, there's always solutions to finding a way to get things done. Um, you know, I have a good mentor of mine and coach that I used to have used to say, Beyonce has just as many hours in the day as you do. And look at what she does. So I was like, yeah, no, that's a good point. And, and so that was a really good learning lesson for me that, you know, there are solutions to these problems. You can find them. So I'd actually um, gone out to Vancouver and had begun performing, even though I had to withdraw from the, from the musical and wasn't able to go to school, I was able to um, do some stuff in Vancouver and set myself up. And then I think um, by the summertime, I was probably 70 to 75% rehabbed. I could at least walk. I was able to sleep again, which was super helpful. Um, my face still had some lagging paralysis, but it was the kind of thing that casting directors could overlook or I could use as a character thing, uh, for the first little bit. And then when I, when I got back to hundred percent, then it was, then it was just no issue. I needed to get new headshots. Uh, what first when my face was looking weird. And then again, when my face was looking normal again, but that was about the biggest obstacle to overcome there. And yeah, no, I, I had. I, I'm still performing to this day, not often, but occasionally my agent will phone and a project will come by. And uh, the most recent one that I did was a, a Hallmark movie with Shannon Elizabeth. So that was super fun. All right. We got to check that out. So Christmas Hallmark movie. Yes, of course, because aren't all Hallmark movies Christmas related in some way? It's a, whole, uh, it's a holiday of something. Holiday of something. Tyler Foley, the Christmas Prince. No. <laughs> <laughs> Most unlikely. It's probably set in a small town somewhere, and you happen to be the only eligible bachelor or something. Correct. Uh, yes, that is the storyline. I did not get to play the eligible bachelor. I played a. I was a day player on it, and was a, a construction trades dude um, who was looking for flooring from Shannon Elizabeth's uh, uh, home improvement store, mom and pop kind of store, hardware store. And uh, that she had taken over, and yeah, the the romance ensued from there. Oh, it's, it sounds lovely. So uh, <laughs> I call the those me personally, not not the alienated, but those are my napping movies. So yes, yes, yeah. So tell us one thing about your consulting work that you're doing that you did not expect to happen. Uh, it would be the speaking. I didn't think. Um, well, I didn't think I'd ever be a published author for one. And that came about 
because of the speaking and the speaking came about because of the consulting. So when I originally got into the consulting thing, I thought I was just going to be, you know, a safety trainer. And then I really took a, a liking to doing the, the audits and found that I was really, really good at it. And so um, that was, that was kind of going to be the focus, you know, we we're going to do safety training program development safety auditing and you know, do your typical safety consulting work. I, I didn't factor in that a combination of expertise and personality would lead me back to stages and, and speaking in front of people. That was a real, um, that was definitely not in the business plan initially. That was mm -hmm. not what we, was laid out as part of a revenue generating source and ironically has now become the primary revenue generator um because it's uh you know i can make in two hours what i make in a month um wow. doing the rest of it so that's that's always really nice to be able to go and do and then and, and the other thing is too there's a, there's a freedom that comes with that a time freeance with it where i'm not um I'm not scrambling to find the revenue. And so I can spend more time really focusing in on the clients that I do have and giving them my undivided attention because money isn't a constraint. Um, and simply, and the time isn't a constraint anymore either. When you can, you know, free up the time and the money, then it allows a whole bunch of time for creativity and problem solving, which is really what consulting is, is coming up with creative solutions for your clients needs and um so I, that's been a real uh blessing and and bonus being able to to speak and generate a really good revenue that way so that i can be very selective and niched with my clientele and then support them in the best way that i can by giving them my undivided attention so that's that's been really um again that was a surprise that i didn't anticipate Wow, that that that's uh, great. Thanks for sharing that. I think that's uh, important for any business owner, or entrepreneur to find on their journey is to find those things that allow them to continue to be creative and still be able to make a living at the same time. Because it's you can't be creative if you're always stressed out about these things that you can't solve. Uh, yeah. It doesn't do anybody any favors, and it, it makes you a better consultant as well. Can you tell us about? Um, a failure or a regret you have um, that really helped form your business or your life that you're living now? Yeah. Um, when, um, when my engineering firm went down and wasn't engineering, the mapping firm, um, that, that was um, a real disappointment to me because I put, you know, my heart and soul into that. I thought that was going to be the career. And I remember, you know, my business partner and I had a, had a real falling out and then she passed away, which made it even more tragic. Um, it just the whole collapse of InView Solutions to me was, was devastating. But, you know, like anything that there was a Phoenix that rose from those ashes, first of all, the primary client that we had being a photogrammetric firm was the government or various governments. And 
they all had insisted that we have a safety system in place. So I had to get safety training to do that. And then this, this new career evolved from that, um, which I wouldn't have been introduced to, nor would I have had if, if the company had continued. So one of my biggest regrets and disappointments is the collapse of InView Solutions. But at the same time, it was probably the greatest gift and blessing that I ever received. Hmm. Wow, that that's uh, that's great to hear. You know, to think like from failure, you come to um, such a success that you're in now, and you're happy with that. Even you know the death of a business partner, which is not something that anybody would wish, uh, but that you've been really been able to uh, make a lot of good out of that. Is there any other business or occupation that you would like to try other than what you're doing now, or you've done in the past? I want to be a pilot. Okay. I've worked around planes um, for most of my life, actually, uh, in some capacity or another, whether it's, you know, just flying for business. I actually worked for a national airline for many years uh, when we were running uh, InView. We had a, a fleet of three planes that we operated. Um, and, you know, I've always wanted even just to get my personal pilot's license, my private pilot's license um would be something that i i would like to do but if i i would i would love i would love to be in the cockpit and flying commercially i don't know why i i because i know pilots it's not as glamorous as it looks mm -hmm. <laughs> in fact it's it's a very thankless job safely delivering hundreds of people every day to their destinations especially right now because nobody's ever happy with the experience that they've had and yet, um, these guys do it out of a, out of a love and a passion. And, and I understand it. I, I would love to do it myself. Um, if, yeah, if there was one that I could pick, if I could wave a magic wand, it'd be to be a pilot. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, there's a very popular actor that's really in the planes too. Um, I can't think of his name right now. He's been in like a million movies, I think. So Hollywood actor, not a. Uh, there, there's a few that fly, but I think you're thinking of um, what's a Saturday Night Fever. I can't think of it right now, too, and I'm usually a movie buff. But oh. anybody who's listening, whoever played in Saturday Night Fever, please comment if you know who the actor is we're talking yeah. about. So, and, and, and he screwed up uh, Adina Menzel's name at the Oscars, and I still can't think of his name. He's also in Face Off. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, I know. I know who we're talking about. And my buddy Pete right now, if he ever hears our, our interview, uh, Nate, is is yelling, yelling at me because he's a big uh, movie buff. Pete, and, please uh, comment on this and correct our ignorance today. So. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, Tyler, I really appreciate you sharing your story here on the Journey Podcast. Your story is really what the journey is all about and what we try to uncover here and just learn really the personal journey behind uh, the people that we work with here and just really being able to share those stories. Um, can you give us a couple of uh, answers to a few rapid fire questions we ask uh, all of our uh, guests? Um, I am absolutely game to do that. Let's, all right. let's, I'm going to, let's prepare. Ready? All right. All right. And all right. We're back, Nate. Let's do this thing. Three books you would recommend to the audience. Oh, that's easy. Um, it's funny. I was actually on a podcast discussing one of them and uh, the 
podcast host absolutely hated it. And I convinced her to reread it, to, to reappreciate it. The Fool's Progress by, or Progress by Edward Abbey is incredibly long. So just if for any of your listeners, if you're going to pick up this book, know you're getting into a 500 page ride and uh, you will hate the main character for the first 300 pages. So just, just be prepared. Uh, but ride? what a masterclass in storytelling. Um, absolutely brilliant. And by the end of the book, um, you, you absolutely love Henry Lightcap and everything he stands for, uh, despite the fact that you will hate him for the first 300 pages. I promise you that. So if you, if you really don't like the guy and you think that I was wrong for recommending the book, you're on the right journey, get to the end and you'll love it. Uh, the other one that I absolutely love, I make all of my clients read is, um, two of them, the, um, four agreements and, um, the compound effect by Darren Hardy, uh, compound effect is, is a phenomenal book, very easy to read, um, simple illustration, great stories to illustrate, uh, his points. So, uh, I like my clients to read it for a couple of different reasons. The principles behind the book are very actionable and how, uh, Darren Hardy uses story to illustrate points, um, is, is incredible. And then the four agreements is just a fantastic book. Um, and to look up the four agreements and just figure out what the four are doesn't serve you without the understanding that is provided in the text of the book. So I strongly encourage everybody to read those. So fool's progress, uh, compound effect and the four agreements. I've read two of those. I need to read the fool's progress and uh, check that out, but great reads on the other two. Uh, they're on my uh, top 10 list actually so believe it or not so um if i'm starting a business or starting something today what's a piece of advice you would give me uh make sure you surround yourself with people who are smarter than you and um try to know enough about what you're doing that you can disagree with those that are providing you advice but always make sure you're listening to the advice before accepting or rejecting it hmm Good advice. Okay. I asked you a lot of questions today, Tyler. You did fantastic just sharing your story. I really appreciate that. Is there anything you wish we would have talked about more today? Um, no, but it, one of the, it does occur to me that one of the things that you'd asked if I ever had a difficult time with communication from the medical incident, and that one I didn't, but I did have another one. Um, I got so dehydrated twice in my life uh, that... Uh, my body shut down to the point where it was mimicking itself, uh, the symptoms of meningitis. Hmm. And the, the last time that that happened to me, um, I, I got to the point where I literally could not form words. And that was the most terrifying thing that ever happened for me where I felt trapped inside my body. And again, it's the fear. I I'm always calm until I see, see fear in other people's eyes. When my wife came to emergency, and I was trying to tell her that everything was okay. And I couldn't, I just couldn't form words. And the nurses could see that I was trying to communicate. Jen could see that I was trying to communicate. And they were, they were panicked. Um, and I wasn't able to do anything until they, they got a couple of IV drips into me. And I do mean a couple, like the first bag did nothing. Second bag started to stabilize me. The third bag, I was able to start to talk again but um that was that was probably the most terrifying moment of my life because it's 
so weird when you can form thoughts and your body doesn't do the thing that your mind is is asking it to and i didn't realize how heavily reliant i am on verbal communication and as much as they say communication is you know 90% or whatever nonverbal um that 10% is so critical because without the actual words that all the physical and cued stuff doesn't work <laughs> you know so um i became very grateful and thankful for having my voice and and recognize the gift that it is and and although we didn't get to touch on it we got to bring it up now follow-up question not in the plan but i think you might be an expert on this best way to stay hydrated oh um make sure that you're not drinking on an empty stomach mm. I know that sounds weird, but one of one of the reasons why both times that I've had this severe dehydration, I have been eating very little and drinking a lot. And so although I was consuming a lot of water, all I was drinking was water for one. And instead of absorbing it, my body was, it, I was just flushing. Hmm. It wasn't, I wasn't hydrating. I was flushing. And so what would happen was uh, all of the nutrients were going uh, and I was, I was to a point where I was not actually doing my body any service. So, um, water is important, but you can't drink just water. So water, and then something with some electrolytes, whether that is adding a little bit of salt to your water, adding some lemon to your water, um, doing something like that. And don't try to hydrate on an empty stomach because it will just flush through. So I always have like, and I like, I myself, you don't have to do this, but I myself like something fibrous or like bulky. So I will have like oatmeal or like a rice crispy square. Um, or if I'm trying to be really healthy, some, some fruit, um, especially something high in fiber, like, um, like a pear and just something to like help slow down the digestive system and kind of like stop up so that the water and the liquids you're consuming have a, a chance to get through your body. And uh, I do that now and I haven't had a problem in uh, almost five years. So that's good. Wow. Fantastic advice. Uh, didn't expect that one, but I always like where we're going to go. So add some substance to your water. Uh, I, I love that. Uh, Tyler, tell us where we can find you online and how we can connect with you and uh, see how we can uh, better engage with you in the future. Well, uh, either one of my websites, if anybody's interested in, in the safety consulting, totalbuyin.com is a great place to go for that. Or if they're just wanting to know more about me and what I do or the public speaking side, anybody can go to seantylerfoley.com. And Sean is spelled the proper Irish way, S-E-A-N. T-Y-L-E-R-F-O-L-E-Y. That's the only way to spell it. It is the only way to spell it. Yes. Well, Sean, thanks so much for being here with us on the Journey Podcast. It really was a pleasure. I uh, really enjoyed the time, and I like hearing your story, and I think there's uh, a lot of value in what you have to say, and uh, I think it's going to help some people out there in the audience. 
Well, it was my joy, my pleasure, Nate. Happy to be here. I'm looking forward to watching your Hallmark movie. So we're going to be looking expectantly for that. So look uh, it up. Yes. We're going to get you a starring role now just from the 35 people who go and watch it because of this podcast today. That's right. That's Thanks right. so much. Have a great day.